Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me ask you a question. Here's the blind man. Jesus is passing by. What if he doesn't ask? Hello? Would anything change in the store if he doesn't ask? Some of you think nothing would change. Nothing would change. He'd remain what? Blind. Why? Because he failed to ask. What does James say? You have not because you ask not. Despite having access to the blessings of the God that created the universe, Many times we fail or refuse to avail ourselves of his power. Whether it be pride, false humility, I'm not worthy of God's blessings, or whatever, we fall way short of living the life he intended us to live. Pastor Mark will be talking about these things, using the life of Bartimaeus as an example for us. Jesus said he came to give us more abundant life. All we have to do is ask. The reason God has us here is to tell others about Jesus, to make God look good. Prayer is the key to that success. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke chapter 18 with part three of his message, What Do You Want God to Do For You? Immediately he received his sight. And Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thank you. Give me a high five. And I'll see you sometime. I'm going to go and enjoy life now. This is fantastic. Thank you for healing me so much. Look at the verse. Is that what happened? No. Look what it says. He praised God. And then what did he do? He followed him. What do you just see? A physical healing and a spiritual healing. For many years, we've been using the term Christ follower. Now, Christian is a great term, but people are so confused by that. Are you going to heaven? Of course, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. That's not the question. When you watch Jesus, He didn't say to his disciples, be a Christian, join a church. Nothing wrong with joining the church. Be a Christian. No, what did he say to his disciples? Follow me. It's a personal relationship. Christianity is not just an event of salvation. It's following him. So this man goes, I'm going to follow you. Can I ask you this morning? Some of you are here. You're going to be shocked on judgment day because you know Jesus, but you just know about him. You believe in him. You believe he's a Messiah. But you're not following him. See, if there's no fruit of repentance, there's no proof of salvation. We never are saved by good works. 
But he's going to follow Jesus because he wants to be around him. And you need to understand, knowing about Jesus and having a relationship is two different things. Now, you know who blinds you to that truth in our world today? Satan. And he blinds millions of so-called Christians who are not really followers of Christ at all. So when you see happening there, here's what you and I need to pray this morning. Open our eyes, God, to see that nothing is impossible with God. With one word, see, he was healed physically and spiritually. Sins forgiven. And he followed Jesus Christ. That can happen to you. Remember the thief on the cross? How, how long was this prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And here he goes. No, he said, uh, you must be the Messiah. Remember me. And Jesus said, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. Boom, done, finished. How simple. Short, right to the point, and the supernatural healing of God to a thief on the cross, the same. Now, verse 43, that's not the end of it. Look at the last part of verse 43. And when all the people saw it, what did they do? They also praised God. See, one blind man causes many other people to go. By the way, these would have been the same people that shot him up. Whoa. They start praising God. Now, that brings up something that you should be well aware of. VIO, the value and impact of one person. Let's dissect what we've studied. What was the value of Jesus so far in this story? Was there any value to what Jesus was doing? Did I lose people? I mean, he didn't go have an in and out burger. I mean, did I lose people? What was the value? A blind man was healed how? Spiritually and, and physically. Now, the value and the impact. What would that impact be of the blind man? We already saw the initial impact. He's praising God. He's following God. What's the next impact? The crowd is doing what? Praising God. Now, when he would go to Jerusalem and then come back after Jesus is dead and raised, goes to heaven, he comes back to Jericho. Think any impact in this town? When he walks, there's the blind guy. Man, he was healed by Jesus. You're right on, baby. I heard you. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's worth following. Do you get it? That's why we're here. And you and I have to understand that God does basic things in our lives for one reason. Write this down. Our changed lives help to open the eyes of believers and unbelievers. That's the VIO. Changed lives bring faith to people who go, well, if you changed, I can be changed. Exactly right. Now, I can't change anybody. You can't change anybody. But God can. Anyone, any situation in their life. Now, I want to make this personal to us. If Jesus was walking down the aisles this morning, by the way, he's here. Jesus is in the house. And he stopped at your seat and asked you, what do you want me, Jesus, to do for you? How would you respond? Or maybe tomorrow morning while you're having your quiet time and you're writing down. And all of a sudden you sense God speaking to you. And he basically says, um, what can I do for you? How would you answer it? 
How would you answer it today or tomorrow morning when Jesus actually says this to your spirit? I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, really? You can try to make that personal, but there's no way God's interested in me. He's got like billions of people out there and he is just too busy to ask me the question or even to meet my need. Well, can I kindly just say to you, I'm going to prove you wrong. Here's what I want you to write today. We, as Christians, Christ followers, we forget this all the time. Notice, God is a personal God who wants to bless us and meet our needs. He's a good God. He knows we have needs that need to be met. Now, let me show you how personal God is. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We are never alone. Now, Satan will say, yeah, God's not interested in you. He's off somewhere else with somebody with a greater need. No, my friend, you're wrong. That's personal. But I like the next one even more. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He hates the detail of their lives. Is that what it says? He what? Say it with me. He delights. He delights in every detail of your life. Every detail. He's a personal God. He loves giving good gifts to his children. But sometimes we just don't believe it. my He's not going to come and ask me that question. Yes, he is. Turn to Matthew 7, 7. Let me show you how Jesus basically dissects this with something called prayer. One aspect of prayer simply involves asking God persistently for what we need, believing he will provide for us. Now, Matthew 7, verse 7. Here we go. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. That's simply a picture of prayer. Those three statements, ask, seek, and knock, are not, are not suggestions. That's a command from God. It actually reads, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's a relationship. Now, this, in essence, is the very same question that Jesus said to the blind beggar. It's exactly what he said. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Here's what Jesus says. Ask me through prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. It's the same thing. What do you want me to do for you? And remember what, what Bartimaeus said. I want to see. It was short. It was exact. It was specific. And it was filled with faith. That's all God's doing. And he does it through prayer. Now, what does A stand for? Ask. It simply means this. Admit we need God's help. It demonstrates our humble dependence on God. Remember, Bartimaeus knew his only help was Jesus. My friend, our only help in most things in life is God. 
He knows things we don't know. And he loves us to ask specifically. During my quiet time on Friday morning, I wrote three things down. I wrote the question, what does God want? Uh, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And I wrote down three things. Very specific. And I'm praying over those. Some of those, actually two of those were for me in some different areas of ministry. One of them was from others. See, when you ask God, you don't want to just say, well, God, I have all this list for me. No, you should have some things you'd want to have done with your relatives, your friends, your coworkers, people that don't know Christ. You should be praying for them. Most of us came to Christ because somebody prayed for us. We'll never even know who they are, really, until we get to heaven. And we go, you know, I prayed for you for five years. How'd you know me? Well, your uncle told me about you. And I just put you on my prayer list. Way to go. So it's humbling. I'm admitting when I'm asking, I'm simply saying this. Basically, I'm saying, God, I need help. I need help. That's why some of us don't pray. Because we try to solve our own problems. Let me ask you a question. Here's the blind man. Jesus is passing by. What if he doesn't ask? Hello? Would anything change in the store if he doesn't ask? Some of you think nothing would change? Nothing would change. He'd remain what? Blind. Why? Because he failed to ask. What does James say? You have not because you ask not. It isn't that God is stingy. It's we're too lazy to pray. And we're too prideful to pray. He didn't care who heard him. He knew only Jesus could answer it. My friends, let's get bold with our prayers. Ask. Don't be ashamed to ask. If you don't ask, you don't receive. He'd have left. Jesus would have gone on blind for life. Now, when you see that, let me make a statement to you. Prayer moves God to do things that otherwise he would not do. If he doesn't cry out for prayer, he doesn't receive a healing. What have you and I failed to ask God for? Probably just because we're so busy, we forgot. Now, when you see that happening, here's the second part. Seek. Search for God's will. God's will, in a general sense, is very simple. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer says, may your will on earth be the same as your will in heaven. God's will in heaven is perfect. I want God's will. God's will is better than any other. Now, God's will is very simple. God's word is God's will. God's word, you can tweet it, you can hashtag it, whatever. God's will is God's word. This is how we do life. Now, remember what the Bible tells us. If I'm asking God, he asked me, and I'm telling him what I want him to do for me, but I'm living in sin, he won't answer me. The Old Testament says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Well, what kind of a God is that? He wants you right with him before he ministers and blesses you with an answer to your prayer. His most important thing in his priority is your life with God. So let's say, God, I want your will. And that's the way you should pray. 
God, here's what I want you to do if that's your will. I just want him to do because your will is better than anything else. And if God says to you, maybe this morning here, well, you know, there's a person that I've asked you to forgive. We're to forgive as we've been forgiven, but you refuse to do it. Well, why isn't God answering my prayer? There it is. Maybe you're living with someone. You plan to get married. Well, the Bible says that's sin. You can't do that. But let's be careful. We all sin. Let me just give you an idea. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Anybody want to say, I'm 100% on with that one, baby? No, I think we pass a lot of neighbors that we don't love. See, that's sin of omission. So you have to make sure when you're going to ask God something, here's what I'd like you to do, that you're in line with God's will and his word. And you ask forgiveness if that's where you are this morning. Now, prayer is simply discovering what God's doing and joining it. Number three, K, keep praying until God answers. See, answering prayer is not just about answers. It's developing a personal relationship with God. You know this. The Bible says, God knows what I need before I ask. Now, that's a personal God. How'd you like to make a list this morning? We just go through and say, here's what I need. You, every one of you write a one-liner. And we'll have thousands of one-liners. I got to read you with your name. God knows all of those. And he even knows stuff in your heart that you even asked for yet. Well, so Pastor Mark, if he knows it, why in the world am I supposed to pray and ask him about it? Because he wants a relationship with you. Prayer is two-way. He likes to hear his kids say, God, I don't know what to do, man. My eyes are on you. He loves it. Because that's the way life is done. You can't do life alone. You have to do it with God. Ask, seek, and knock. Linda and I, on Friday night, we watched the War Room movie again. We had seen it many other times. and We just wanted to watch it. But I was reminded how specific, I won't give you the whole story, but marriage was in trouble, and, and there was a wonderful older uh, black lady that just had a, a, just a sweet relationship with God. It reminded me of a couple of ladies in our campuses. And this lady taught this wife how to be specific in her prayers. And I won't give you the whole story, but I just want to say, when you and I start praying, nothing is impossible with God. Because this individual thought, well, the marriage is done. It's over. There is nothing impossible with God this morning. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The blind man knew it and he'd never met Jesus, but he'd heard about his reputation. You know the reputation we have. Our God, our Messiah is the same one who said, I've come to meet your needs. So I have a little homework for you tomorrow. Make you a list. What do you want God to do for you? Start it with, I want your will, but here's the list. And then just don't make it for you. Make it for some others. And let's watch God do the impossible. Ask, seek, knock. But did you know this? God's not just a personal God for Christians. Those of you that are unbelievers, he's a personal God for you. 
You know why? Look at this verse. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. He went to the cross for your sin and my sin. We weren't even a gleam in anybody's eye. That's 2,000 years ago. We were all sinners. He loved us enough. God did to send Jesus to the cross. Now think about that. So what does that mean for us? Why do we take communion? Because Jesus said it's personal. And when we take communion, remember what Jesus said in the upper room? Remember me. It's not a ritual. The bread and the wine. A little bit bigger. It's remembering what Jesus did on the cross. And what did Jesus do on the cross? What he promised to do. Take all of our sins. And the bondage of sin would be broken in our lives. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And this morning, before we take it, if you're an unbeliever, I want to challenge you today. You see, there has to be a day in your life when you move from being an unbeliever to a believer. There has to be a day where you understand God's love for you. You see, the Bible says you can have an eye-opening experience this morning. Just like all of us did when he came into our lives. What does that require? Simply this. That you repent of your sins. That you ask Jesus to come and save you. He's the only one that can. And then you begin a walk of following a lifestyle with him. Now, some of you have never done that. And I'm going to pray and give you an opportunity to do that before we take communion. Because communion is very personal. But second. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. When I talked about the two people, one outside the movie theater, one near Lucky's, that used to walk with God, but they've fallen away. Guaranteed. There's some of you here in Melbourne. That used to be you. You used to have a relationship with God, but you've walked away. You're not following anymore. Today, it's time to come home. All you have to do is say, I'm ready. I need to make a recommitment to my life. And if you'll do that, you know what Jesus promises? Once we turn our life over to God, we never have to walk in darkness again, but we walk in light because he's the light of the world. And he'll give you an eye-opening experience. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I've done so much when I walked away from God. I don't think he'll forgive me. No, that's the lie from Satan. He loves to forgive and give new chances. By the way, anybody I'm talking to has had many new starts with God. Oh, no, I've been a Christian my whole life, never sinned at all. You need to get to the altar right now, here. God loves new beginnings, amen? Just as Jesus valued the individual, we need to follow his example in our daily lives. Pastor Mark reiterated the fact that when Jesus called his disciples, he only told them to follow him. As his representatives, in this time, we should be asking God for opportunities to share his love with the lost and telling them about the power that's available to them if they ask. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. This is the final section of the teaching of the scripture passage. Next time, Pastor Mark will be sharing from Luke 19. He'll be challenging us to ask the question, God, what do you want me to do? We'll learn more about our role and responsibilities as Christ followers. Pastor Mark will be encouraging us to mimic Jesus in attitude and action. Please join us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.